I want to share something on Siddur. I like all the very Torah precious. The very Torah that talk from the Siddur talk to me a lot. Because we pray daily. And I like that we have ideas. This is a deep, deep Sefer. This is written well before Gemara. Written before Mishnah. The Anshei Knesset Sagdailam. From the last Nevi'im, the last prophets we had in the Jewish people. They wrote down the Siddur. So it's written very early with tremendous exactness. And words and how the words are expressed are very important. What the words are saying are important. So I want to study, again, like I said yesterday, there's a nice Dvar Torah. Hey, it's a Geshmaka thing to say, but there's much more here. And I think to build, to build a lot on this point, please let me share with you like this. Every morning before we say Shman Esrei, before we ask Bakashas, before we ask requests, so we makabal o malchus shemayim. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Another name for Shema is Kabbalas o malchus shemayim. We accept the yoke of heaven on us. That is a declaration. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad is Kabbalas o malchus shemayim. That Hashem runs the world. That Hashem's our creator is a reality. The question is, does somebody live with the reality? I, I've seen many Yabachar describe... I don't care about my parents. Okay. We care a lot. We want dad's attention and his love. We want mom's love and attention. We have two choices. We could pretend... I don't care. I just don't care. Okay. We don't have to save aggressively. I don't really care. Okay, my parents. Okay. So you're choosing to ignore reality of our construction that we very much care about our father and our mother. Or we could live with the reality. It's our choice. Amazingly, we have the option not to live with reality. We have that option. We can completely ignore it. You know the guy who says, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not jealous at all. That means is you're jealous and you're saying that you're choosing to ignore the reality that you're jealous. Okay, you could do that. A human being has the capacity to live a lie. He could do that stark. We could do that very well. We could be completely out of touch with reality and create and live that way, very possibly. I, you're very jealous. I, you're very angry. I, you're very hurt. I, you crave dad's attention. You choose not to live reality. It's fascinating that the mitzvah to choose the right things in this world, it says, is fascinating. Could somebody, is a mitzvah daraisa, one of the 613, according to many Rishonim, what is the mitzvah to choose the right things? Is ubacharta bachayim, choose life. It's so fascinating to me. It doesn't say choose good over bad. It should say bacharta batayv, 
choose good decisions. We have a lifetime, good decisions, bad decisions. I would think the mitzvah daraisa to do what's good, fascinating, is Hashem calls it choose life. Which means choose reality. There are two choices. There's reality and there's fake. And we're capable of fake. The Gemara Nadarim says that Yehuda was a very happy person. It was very besemcha. And a Roman lady saw Rabbi Yehuda and she said, you're a drunk. She said, you have, must have some really good stuff. Whatever you're smoking, if I can have some of that. She said, my reverai, you paskin drunk. You must have some vice that you escape reality. To one person, it's workaholic. To another person, it's drinking the same drug, whether it's alcohol or work. You have some escape from the reality of life that you don't engage in life because you look so happy. You pask and drunk. And he said, I'm not drunk. I learned Torah. She said, if you have happiness, you must ignore reality. He said, I have a system of embracing reality that I can be very happy. And I take all the situations of my life. He called, it's called Torah. All the situations of my life, I serve Hashem. So a person could live reality or ignore reality. Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad says that I accept the yoke and accept it. It's here either way. It means I'm going to live with reality. Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. I choose to live with reality. Reality, they have a creator. My creator loves me. My creator gives me opportunity for connection to him. I choose to live with that reality. After we say Shema, we do the next thing is Kabbalah's old mitzvahs. That's Vahayam Shemaya, the second chapter. If you listen to mitzvahs, Hashem rewards. We don't listen, we get kicked out of Eretz Yisrael. That's called Kabbalah's old mitzvahs. So every morning, fascinating, before we pray, it's very, quite obvious, before you pray to Hashem, you have to acknowledge His existence. So we're mekabel omal choshamayim. We then are mekabel oil mitzvahs to listen to him, to connect him, and then we pray Tashem. That's what we do every morning. Now, before we're mekabel omal choshamayim, we say Shema Yisrael. We do a very interesting thing. We have two introductory brachos. There are two brachos before Shema. We say one bracha Yitzramayrois is one bracha. The creator of the lights. Thank Hashem, And the second one, two brachas before Kriyashma. It's a big machlaikis rishainim. If these brachas are brachas on Kriyashma, we're no shaykhas to Kriyashma, it's a machlaikis rishainim. But we make two brachas before Kriyashma. In the lead up to Kriyashma, so we describe how the angels are Mikabal Omal Cheshemayim. Before we're Mikabal Omal Cheshemayim, we describe how the angels are Mikabal Omal Cheshemayim. And we say, we say this whole long arichus, we say, Vashem Misharsav, the Misharsim of Hashem, the servants of Hashem, Kulam Oimdim Barum Oilam. They all stand at the height of the world. In great trepidation, they speak out. Yachar, in what together, bekol, in a loud voice. This is a reality. 
There are angels, is a reality, my friends. There's something called angels. And the angels all say, Kula Mahuvim, they're all beloved. They're all very strong servants of Hashem. Birurim, they have tremendous clarity. Gibayrim, they're very strong. They all do be'ema with great trepidation. They all fill the will of Hashem with great trepidation. There's an army of servants that Hashem has. They all open their mouths, b'ktosha, purity. Uvetara, b'shira, beautiful voices. They all pronounce Hashem's name. They all, we're building up to the angels saying, Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. We're describing these remarkable beings, special and precious, unified and one. And they say, Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. They're Mechabal Omal Chashemayim. And then after we describe the angelic, we proceed to be For many years, when I was your age, I wondered why are we describing the angelic I always felt so feeble. We sit in shul, our minds are all over, let's be real. It's hard to focus, we drag ourselves to shul. I'm usually frustrated about a Mets loss from the night before. Thinking is it even possible the Islanders' run is going to work or go anywhere, or it's just going to end? It looks like game one blowout. My mind's like occupied. And then amidst a try and shul, just get focused, be somewhat focused. We have little squabbles amongst us in shul. We're not the most unified in the world. Maybe here we are. But typically there's like squabbles and frustrations in shul. We're not exactly a saber of people all together powerfully being the Kabbalah We try, we attempt, maybe, and the angels imperfect. Did you ever go to a minion that was perfect? I'll tell you about a minion I once dabbed in. I was like, you can go there once. I recommend this experience. There's a group of Yidin who live right near, they have a minion, they keep all Minhage Agra, and they live right, right near the Kaisal. And they have a minion, a gorgeous minion, every single morning, a Vasikan minion. It's a beautiful, beautiful, and they keep all Minhagi Agra. They're a whole community. They have their own schools. In their schools, they learn with a very old system. How they learn Torah, very fascinating. How they do everything they do. And in this group of Yidin, they daven, very interesting davening. The way they daven is the tzibur, after Yishtabach, only the chazan davens and everybody else just listens. You answer amen to Yaitza Ma'iris. You answer amen to Avarabah, but only the chazan davens. Shema Yisrael, the tzibur says together. Laning, if you called up to an aliyah, you lane the aliyah, like it used to be. You lane the aliyah that you called up to. Yeah, I'm right, and they call up a kite in the Kayan lanes. You just sit there, pray. I'm a levy. I am freaking out. I can't lane on the spot. Baruch Hashem, they know us visitors. Like, don't give an aliyah to. Is any levim here again? I want to talk. Only levim will relate to this. Levim know this. Maybe a kind you Yisraelim won't get this. Any levy, you're in a shul. That's not like, a, like some shtibel or a visitor in a shul. And there are often very few levim. 
So the, the Gabbai says, Levi, Levi. Now, you're always unsure. You're in the back of the shul. Levi, any Levi knows what I'm talking about. Do I walk up, but I'm going to look haughty. Like, do I walk up? And usually also you walk up from the back. Somebody beats you there. You, you like, walk past. You look a little stupid to court. There's, there's a lot of... <laughs> you have to, like, easily, like, humble. You have to go to the tissue box. You usually can cost you a dollar. You give a dollar and stuff. There are a lot of... All of them know the tricks, what you do. But it's very awkward. You're caught in a rundown. It's literally like a guy running off first base and you're caught in a rundown. And the problem is at the beginning, you don't know if you're far back. What do I do? You don't know if you call out, you look stupid. Like, and there might be 14 Levine between you and. It's a very tough. The first move every good, every. That Levy knows is you cover your talus. Nobody knows you're a Levy. It get, buys you some time to decide you can, you don't have to announce yourself. At worst, Levy, Levy, every Levy can admit that we sat and shoot Levy, 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 and prayed, and then somebody else gets embarrassed. His like he's discovered first. But the first, every vet Levy knows you cover your talus. It says Daniel Pinchas Levy, of course. So you cover right away, you cover your talus. That's, but it's a whole situation. But at that shul, to get an Ali is a very, lot worse. very nosy gabbais that walk around to the talus. Is a hate. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so you're a Levy. Very stressful. Levy, Levy, if you're a Yisro, maybe this is why I hold there are very few Levian, because it could be many guys covered their talus and from then on, their children, yeah, grandchildren, are Yisraelim. Like, that's it. Because <laughs> of the Levy matzah. Now, Kayanim, it could be... Aiki, do Kayanim have the same issue? Kayan, can you have the same problem? I thought it was better because people know the Kayanim. Because you guys, and us Levine, we wash the hands. I may start making a Levi support group in Yeshiva for this situation. And we'll meet once a week. Maybe we'll give each other chizik. Very, very damaging. Anyway. But in this shul, when you called up to your aliyah, you actually have to lean. Now, they are good about it, that they don't call us up guests, but I was sweating. That was a much harder worry to get called up to have, actually have to lean. The bottom line is they keep a lot of menagi agra. One of the things they do in the shul is everything you say out loud, they say perfectly together. It's the perfect... They have a tune during a weekday, they have a tune for Kedusha. And they say, Kaddish, Kaddish. Literally, if you're Sorry. a guest, it's a, no, it's a huge crowd. They keep women Hagiagra. Who is this? In the old city, they have a min- Zilberman. Very good. They're called Zilberman. They're amazing people. And they keep Menagiagra. So when they say the Kedusha, there's a very big emphasis that Seabird United. If you're an outsider and you try to sing along, you hear 60 voices and you. Because every, you know, it's, it's like singing Chaim Guri, Shlomo Guri, and Dan Kersh. Like one voice is like, something's out of whack here. It just doesn't mean, you're probably better off lip singing. If you try to like say Kedush with them, they're perfectly timed. You literally hear one voice. And they do the tune for a reason. They hold it's a big mile that Sabre is perfectly unified. It's craziness. I recommend the experience. Beautiful experience, the Zilrum. They daven not, they don't daven Shmanesriat Nates. They daven Shmat Nates. Very cool. Most shuls wait for Shmanesriat Nates. They're into Shma Yisrael's at Nates. The second Nates hit. They do Shmanesriat. After very interesting, Menhagim. The bottom line is, 
is that there's a tremendous unity. I always picture them, that the angels sound like them. The angels are yachad, perfect harmony. They sound perfect. They're all holy. They're all ahuvim, brurim, gibayrim, beautiful shul of people serving Hashem. So we describe this perfect kabolas omal chashemayim. They always think, why do we do that? Why do we bust our chill? What about to do like this Kabbalah Samach Shemaim? It's not even nice. Imagine like a group of guys are going up on a music night to sing and they're giving a best shot. Some chevru going to give an attempt. You don't, before they go, the guy announced like Morty Weinberg, you know, you don't start describing, you know, Shlomo Guri, Yosef Chaim, like this perfect, like angelic choir. You say, Yosef Chaim, you start describing detail. Okay, and now, it's not nice even. Let the guys sing and, you know, let it roll. Why before our Kabbalah Omal Hashemayim, our measly, our weak attempt at accepting the yoke of heaven, do we introduce the beautiful angelic Kabbalah Omal Hashemayim? I had this kasha for years. I wondered it. I was curious about this. What I assumed, the pshat I assumed, is that I know myself, I'm, I'm very bad with keys. It happens to be that when I sing, when people are singing, I sing nicer. Now, could be I delude myself, since everybody sounds so beautiful here, and nobody laughs at me, so I tell myself I don't sound as bad. I think the pshat is that when everybody's on key, it helps me get a key. I can't, on my own, when I sing my poor kids' Shabbos, so they all hear, like, it's very hard to sing along with somebody who's off key. Very hard for my kids. But if everybody's on key, it could help key me. So I could, like, hear a little bit the key, and then I could sing better. That's what I delude myself into believing. Certainly, I try to be more on key, not to mess up the beautiful sound here. I have been told, you know, guys tape the shiurim. Somebody asked me that maybe by the singing you can move a little away from the mic. <laughs> like a poor guy was like listening to the singing. Oh, maybe, you know, just time it would help the overall sound. Maybe like, like maybe bring Edel, like put David Edel right here. It might be a little better. Like, <laughs> so, the bottom line is, is that. For sure, when people are singing nicely, you don't want to mess up the sound. Maybe you sing a little lower, a little, you know, you try a little harder to get a key. I have a very, very messy handwriting. I think my profession, I was supposed to be a doctor. I went into the wrong thing. My handwriting is exactly like a doctor. Horrible. Just have a bad handwriting. It's one of the little strange quirks about me. I, and I've tried hard. I really, I'm very self-conscious. I have a lot of embarrassing letters I didn't return. A Rav wrote me a letter two years ago at Tzaddik. Wrote me a gorgeous letter that he found. The guy's a massive Tamil Chacham. I'm a peanut and a bug compared to him. I'm embarrassed. I have the letter on my dresser. I, it's two years I plan to write him back. I'm very self-conscious about writing. Part of why I'm self-conscious because I have a messy handwriting. Now you could say type. Okay, so I have to learn to type. But I never got into writing. I've been very, very, one of the reasons I have a messy handwriting. It happens to be that I'm very into reading, and if you know, the art of writing is very different than the art of speaking. My worst svarim are svarim that they take speeches and they write it out. I, I, I get very nervous from that. They're typically, they have svarim like that, they're typically not well written. Speeches and writing are two different arts. I've rarely met somebody that's good at both. It's a different one. Don't say names, and I'm not going to answer afterwards. Well, and don't tell me that somebody is good, because I might not agree with you, and I'm not allowed to talk about it anyways. So I'm just going to tell you, yeah, yeah, he's good at both. 
But, but I, typically, writing and speaking is very, very different arts. There are people that are amazing speakers that can't write to save their life. There are amazing writers that can't speak. It's very different. If you wrote out a speech and wrote it as a safer, it will not be a good safer. You don't do, you repeat when you speak. When you write, you don't repeat because the guy could just read it again. There's many reasons why the way you write and how you emphasize when you write, writing and speaking work different. How it goes, how you present. In speech, you get a voice. Remember writing, you don't get that voice. So you have to write different. If you want to be dramatic writing, you write. Remember in speaking, you have, remember, tonality? There's no tonality in writing. So what do you do instead of tonality? You have to have another plan. So writing's a whole different art than speaking, how to produce emotion, what you're trying, what gives emotion. I have seen Svarim, that I, I have a certain safer, they try to write out Yid's speeches. They write like, oi, like when he said something, like, but that's not how to, it's like, I say oi when I read that, because it's not how to, it's not how to be dramatic. You don't write oi and whoa. You just don't write that. There are other ways in writing of being dramatic. It's a different art. There are words that are power words. It's a different art. The bottom line is, is that, um, is that, that, uh, that my handwriting is not exactly awesome. A guy, I've already been misadic Dushin, and a guy, uh, one bacher in the yeshiva, who remain nameless, he had the brilliant idea, and instead of just having a regular ksuba for his wife, he commissioned an artist to make like a thousand dollars, it must have cost thousands, a gorgeous ksuba. You have no idea the nightmare that night was. You're supposed to fill in the names, and I see this ksuba, this guy spent thousands, usually it's a ksuba, you buy for four dollars and ninety-three cents from Frankel's or something, and besides then you fill in, in my handwriting, it's fine. This guy commissioned an artist, a gorgeous ksuba, and then I'm going like, to kill his old... So I just said my part is modern art, like my handwriting. <laughs> Somebody sees this ksuba must look hilarious somewhere. It's like this gorgeous ksuba, beautiful pictures, and each word, calligraphy, like stunning. And then, yeah, what? Oh, it's a big, yeah, you can't mess up. <laughs> you better not mess up one. And two, even if I don't mess up, it's messed up my handwriting. So in this guy's gorgeous ksuba, he has my handwriting. I promise you that was the slowest I ever wrote a ksuba. I was trying my hardest to be a neat guy. Who here has a neat handwriting? <laughs> David, I know. I like that. I admire you guys a lot. I respect neat handwritings a lot, a lot. You know what I respect? Yummy bass used to write like my... And messy handwritings typically, and the handwriting, uh, you know people who read like handwriting people, they read this stuff, they love a big loping handwriting, it's like very loosey-goosey gay, you're easygoing, and then a very like stiff, rigid, is tiny letters, and that some guys have like, it's usually a guy who's never late, he's like disciplined on time, they write very sharp, and their letters have the... A guy like me, my L's are like the script L's, like a big loop around the whole page. The guy who's like tight, every letter is like perfectly directed. All his letters seem to go in the same way. But anyway, I, I always admire the guy, Martha, who writes tiny and neat and exact. I can't get over that guy. But anyway, so on that Ksuba, Martha, I killed myself to try to write neat. I became yummy bass for a night. Now, it was not a very good imitation. I was Dovety Del for the night. 
and I really was going slowly on that I shouldn't mess it up too much. So all my life, that's what I threw up shot here is that we describe the angelic kedusha is the angels do it perfectly, and then some, and then we, we get there, and then it's our turn. So it means like don't mess this up. There's a gorgeous sound picture of that choir, Yehuda singing, Vinny Stein, David the Chevre singing, gorgeous. Could you just fit in nicely? Don't you know? So I always thought that it's trying to pressure us to do it right. The whole Bri is serving Hashem with such authenticity. They're all be'ema with sincerity. They're all with such yira shamayim. Human being, don't mess it up. That's what I thought shot my whole life, that it was the beautiful ksilba saying, don't mess up a gorgeous world that's serving Hashem properly. You do it well also. That's what I always thought shot. As you hear the shot, I thought, until I learned the ksava kabbalah. The Ksavah Kabbalah says the following pshat. And this pshat, after I learned this pshat, I lost my mind, and I have to share this pshat with you. Says the Ksavah Kabbalah, that's not the pshat. He says that if you look what the angels say, these amazing, powerful beings that are serving Hashem, they say, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh Hashem Tzvakos. Hashem is Kadosh. Then it says four words. The entire world is full of his honor. You know what the angels say? They glorify Hashem. Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish Hashem Tzavakas. Hashem's holy. They glorify Hashem. But then they say, you know where is, I know that us angelic beings are being Mekadosh Shem Shemayim. We are loyal servants of Hashem. We do in fear the will of Hashem. But they say the real place of Kiddush Shemayim is on the earth. We look at this world as a, a, a place of people struggling, people full of crazy thoughts, crazy backgrounds, crazy history. We say, what, what is here already? The angels who are all perfect, and we describe in detail this powerful group of servants of Hashem, they're all angelic for heaven's sake. Beautiful crowd of servants of Hashem, perfectly singing Hashem's praises. And they say the real place of honor of Hashem is in this world. They look down, they shake there, and they say that's the real place. Remarkably mind-blowing, they say that down there they have choices. Down there they have challenges. Down there they have difficulties. Down there they have history. The real place of glorious service of Hashem is Meloi Cholaretz Kivaydei. The world is full of the honor of Hashem. And that's what the angels say. Fascinating that the angels' kedusha is not to get me to do it better because they do it so well. If I actually listen into the angels, you know, at concerts, before the main band goes up, they have some bands that start, what are they called? Openers. Usually it's a band, if you know clubs, they have bands that are not paid, they can even pay to do it. They probably should even pay to get in, but the point is they're openers, because you don't want the main band, the guys will really pay the big bucks. Somebody has to like warm up the crowd, get them into the mood. It also makes the real guys sound good. I have a pet thing, and I've seen this done to our guys, 
We have bands that let our guys sing, and I have seen some of the singers not let our guys have his mic. And it's obvious to me, his mic has like a lot of things that maybe a little sound, what's they call them, they fix the sound? Auto-tune, like his mic has a little louder sound. I see sometimes they make him take a different mic. Because it's important, he doesn't quite, I've seen guys that I know of powerful voice at chuppahs, and the guy's not professional singer, he sang nicely, but his voice wasn't full. And then the singer gets on, and like the whole place, you feel his voice in every nook and cranny. He does not have a more powerful voice sometimes, he just uses a better mic, they turn up the sound. I've seen a lot of this stuff. So the word is that the angels are openers. Says the Ksav HaKabola, the angels' Kedusha is wonderful. But listen in to what they're saying. They're saying it's wonderful that we honestly say Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish Hashem Tzvakos. But Meloi Cholar The real place of honor of Hashem is this world. I can't say this word enough. I try to say this word every single morning of my life. Because this is not a cute there's not a cute, feel-good tap on the back. It's a truth of this world. We have a remarkable opportunity. We spend so much time, especially our generation, is so busy with shame. We're puzzle and we're bad. Why does Shem make me have all my experiences? We, like, miss the boat. All of yesterday's trouble is today's opportunity to be strong and to be Mekadashem Shemaim. This is not a feel-good story. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. All of yesterday's bad decisions, all of yes and so many things that we feel we're out of the game, actually sets up today's game. The reason it's beautiful what we do today is because of the challenges we have, is because of the imperfections, is because we have many pulls and many things that hold us back, and much history that says I shouldn't. That's actually why my powerful decision, my tough decision to, yes, recognize the truth, because I can be delusional, is why when I choose to say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeinu, Hashem Echad, it's so powerful. Gufa, because I can live delusionally. Because we are beings that can ignore truth. We're strange beings that have the decision and the right to ignore truth. And when I choose, when I choose to live truth, when I choose to do what's hard, when I choose to do what's not even so natural always, I've tremendously been mekadeshem shemaim. And this is, this is not a feel-good story, it's just the truth. It's imp- this is not either like some cooler, like people, we are all good, don't feel badly. No, 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 no. This is a truth of our existence that we have possibilities with imperfections, with difficulties, with things that so many things that seem to hold us back, we have a chance to say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad. And all the angels that are taka majestic and powerful, they're very powerful beings, and you should visualize extremely powerful beings that are overwhelmingly holy, that shine, they're, they're holy and really immense, but all of these beings say, The place for honest Kiddush is our earth, where people sincerely can serve Hashem. This is the backdrop of us saying Shema Yisrael. It actually allows us with great energy and a great pride to say Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Echad. 
to say it with pride. I want to explain more. That's the main point I wanted to say to you. I want to explain more because I just want you to know what's happening. We then describe other angels who say something else. The first group of angels say that the real place of Kvayt Shemayim, this is a world of, we speak about honor, this is a world of Kvayt Shemayim. Hakol Everything was created for Kvayt Shemayim. And this is a world that a person can bring honor to Hashem's name. Remarkably, you and I have a power to honor Hashem's name by choosing what's right, by doing what's right. And the angels recognize that and they say, The world, it's, it always makes me upset when people knock this world and have a cynical view. Terrible world, such sickness. That's a beautiful world. You're not angelic, clearly. Because angels see a world full of Kiddush full of people sanctifying Hashem's name, good people doing what's right. Good people sanctifying Hashem's name, a beautiful world of challenges, of difficulties, of failures, of yesterday's frustration that a person today could stand up and say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekin Hashem Echad. There's something gorgeous about me saying Shema Yisrael, something gorgeous about you, something about him. And your Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekin Hashem Echad, nobody can duplicate, nobody. Nobody matches your Shema Yisrael, precisely yours, with your history, with your circumstance. Your Kabbalah Salmal HaShemayim is unique, and on your Kabbalah Salmal HaShemayim, the angels comment, This world is full of Kedah Shemayim. Now another group of angels say, Baruch Kivayd Hashem Im Kaimai. Blessed is Hashem's honor from its spot. What does that mean? The other angels are protesting. I need to tell you a quick story just to get what the other angels are saying. Years ago, Ray Overlander and I went to Shea Stadium. To, there was a rally for internet. At the rally, it was a very fascinating rally. A lot of Gedolim spoke. And it was an internet rally. And Gedolim spoke about the dangers of internet. Ramatzio Solomon said people should go. Ramatzio says people should go. He's the lake with Mashkiach. Amazing it. He needs a refuah shlema. We need Rav Matzio Solomon. I hope Yonatan K one day gets to meet him. A beautiful person, Matzio Solomon. I once brought the whole yeshiva to his house. I once brought him and he spoke. Amazing person. Rav Matzio Solomon, when he was young, was a yasam. He lost one of his parents. The rest of his life, he's been good to Yasimon. He felt I myself was a yasam. No yasam's going to suffer unnecessarily, and he tries very hard to reach out to Almanus and Yisrael. How do I know? Because he has a policy. He's one of the busiest people in the world. He carries the entire Lakewood. Not today. Today's not well. But in his prime, he carried the whole Lakewood. Thousands of people ask him every shayla, every worry. He's a brilliant advisor. His understanding of life is off the chart. He's a great speaker, amazing speaker. If you have an English accent, you're ready halfway home. Just his accent he won, let alone that he's a great speaker. And Ramatisio Salman, he was very involved in Russian Jewry, who helped a lot. That's a pet thing of mine. I love Russian Jewry. I love. I have people, they meet a guy from Russia. I have Bachram tell me like shyness. My mom's from Russia. My father should shout it from the rooftops with pride. I have people who tell me I can't relate. He's Russian. He's a foreigner. 
you are such a fool. The Chavetz Chaim was from Russia. The Altum Nevardik was from Russia. Moyashim was from Russia. A person like is so ignorant of history. That time, the whole Lubavitch movement's from Russia. People are just ignorant. The Russian Yidnar, the whole country waged a revolution against God. The likes of which society has not seen in like hundreds of years. Russian Jews are awesome. If you don't care about a Russian Yid, you're clueless. You're clueless. Because the country raged, you know, davening in an airport is very, very embarrassing. I don't know about you, by me, like you look around, people are looking, you put on your talus. It's like embarrassing, let's get real. To ever daven in a minion, are we making a chilashem? We're praying like people can do the nuttiest things, but we pray in public so you don't, you like go privately, you pretend, I don't know, you do all sorts of tricks, it's hard to pray. There was one place in my life, I promise you, I never daven so well in my life. I once traveled from Eritrea to America by way of Russia. We made a minion in the airport. I promise you, every Armenian Shmei Rabbi said, Ne'ila had nothing on it. And I wasn't embarrassed. You fought God for 70 years in your face. In your face. There's a country that fought Hashem. I don't care. No chil Hashem. You, this is a kid of Take this. I prayed slow. I prayed loudly. I don't care. I'm, I'll, I'll scream, Baruch Sha'omar, blessed is the one who spoke. I don't care. You're uncomfortable. Take that in your face. They fought Hashem. They fought Hashem. It's different. A Russian Jew is a phenomenal Matthias. They're beautiful Yidden. You have to study. I read a lot about it. Yosef Mendelovich, these people, he lives in Eretz Yisrael, a hero. A hero. You have to read the books of these Yidin, what these Yidin did. Yosef Mendelovich became from in jail. Twelve years they pulverized him. He, what was he guilty of? He tried to kidnap a plane. He hijacked the plane. He was trying to get out of the country. So he hijacked the plane, him and his friends, and the KGB caught them. So they chucked him because he hijacked the plane to try to get out of the country. He wanted to go to Israel. He wanted to go to Israel. He was a Yid longing to go home. And they locked him in the gulag for 12 years, beat the brains out of him. Those 12 years he became from, and he started serving Hashem. Amazing, amazing. He's a beautiful yid. He lives in there. It's a scroll of Yosef Mendelovich, a, a hero. Yosef Mendelovich decided the rule is normally you give up the, your life for the big three. Not to serve by the Zara, Guy says, I'll kill you if you don't kill somebody. You say, kill, shoot me. I'm not doing it. But if they're trying to get you not to serve Hashem, then even for a minute you say, kill me. If they try to get you not to serve Hashem, wearing a yarmulke is a minag. It's a minag Yisrael. It's a beautiful minag. Yosef Mandelovich held that trying to get me not to serve Hashem, if they told him not to wear his yarmulke, he said, blow my brains and I'm wearing my yarmulke. You're trying to get me not to serve He wouldn't. He made himself a yarmulke. He wore a yarmulke. They told him he was dying to see his father was an old man. He's in jail 12 years in jail. A lot of the time in solitary confinement. They told him, Yosef, you want to see your father? Badly. Then take off your yarmulke. No, no. So you want to see your father? They brought his father to the next room, had his father talk loudly. He described he was craving to see his dad. They said, okay, Yosef, you want to see your father? He, was he never saw a father again in his life. His father died while he was in jail. He's going to see him after 120. He never saw his father again in his life. They said, Yosef, you hear him talking. You want to go see him? I'm craving to see him. Take off your yarmulke. No. No. He didn't take off his yarmulke. Amazing Yidin, a Russian Yidin, a Russian Yidin. Was his dad Jewish? 
Yeah, it from? Yeah. He became from. Why was I talking about Rush? Oh, so in Shaysen, thank you. So Reb Matzio Salman, thank you for I get lost. I'm I'm lost in Russia. So I'm in I'm in the Gulag now. But thanks, Aaron took me out of the Gulag. Reb Matzio Salman was very very involved with Russian Jewry. He went in when you weren't allowed to go in. A whole story is he was very very involved in the underground, helping in become from when when they, their life was in threat for becoming from. He was very very involved in that whole story. Reb Matzio Salman's a very busy person. He's running Russian Jewry, running the whole Lakewood from the biggest Bali Eights in America, advising, running world Jewry, one of the busiest people in the world. He has a rule. If a person's a Yassim, ask him to come to Shabbos, you're in. The busiest man in Kleisville, probably not an exaggeration. He was. Uh, I know guys in Yeshiva where you saw him, they called Maxio's wife, you want to come Shabbos? Pack, come. They stayed there for Shabbos. You saw him because he was a Yassim. Every Friday night before he went home, he went to a couple of Almanis and made Kiddush there. Ladies didn't have a husband. One of the leaders of the Jewish people went there. He made Kiddush in three, four places. These guys told me. They went with him from Shul. He went to three, four houses making Kiddush for Almanis. The depth of that is a lady, a husband's job, a husband brings a husband... A husband brings brings their mishpacha into Klai Yisrael. That's one of the jobs of a man. A healthy man connects his family to the tzibur. You bring your family to the larger tzibur. That's what healthy men do. A lady has no husband. They feel disconnected to the tzibur. They feel like disconnected. The man's the one who's in shul. The man is the one who's like buddy-buddy with the rav. It's so profound that Ramatisio Solomon would make Kiddush there. So this is the great leader of the Jewish people of Matisio Salman. Now why was I telling about Matisio I wanted to say a word from him. Now I'm at... Oh, thank you so much. So Matisio Salman, I'm getting a lot, very lost today. Thank, thank Hashem for Vigi Ben Ayim. So Matisio Salman said to us that you get together for an internet asifa. Matisio says, jump. You quickly jump. Just ask how high. He says, go to... The garden, go to Shea Stadium. If you told me to go to Yankee Stadium, and very little can get me there, I would have gone there too. Shea Stadium, you can get me easier. He could have told me to go to Yankee Stadium, I would have gone. But nonetheless, it was Shea Stadium. I, I admit it made it easier. And I went to Shea Stadium. The bottom line is right, Oberlander and myself went there. It's a long story. So Oberlander's always on time. I'm always late. He wins out, and together we went on time, and nobody was there. I was so happy that more Jews are like me than him. That was its own victory. We were like Asar Rishon. We were like the first ten Jews there, and the stadium was very cute. Bottom line is, we got our seats, and at this crowd, there were a lot of Hasidim, beautiful Hasidim, with dominant, yeshivish Hasidim and Harry's. Us Harrys, I would break it up, let's say 50,000 people. Us Harrys, I would give us 10 to 15,000. And the Yeshivish and Hasid is 35,000. So let's do 35, 15. I would say we were, that was somewhat like the breakup. 35,000 Hasidim and Yeshivish and 15,000 Harrys. It's give or take, you know, every polling number is like give or take a percentage point or two. Maybe we were 10, they were 40, maybe we were 17, they were 33. The numbers as were Harrys were like 15,000, 35,000 Yeshivish Hasidish. Now Harrys and Yeshivish Hasidish have different customs. 
and we all have to learn from each other. You see, us Harrys, I'm used to going to Shea Stadium and Mike Piazza hits it out, you go crazy. A home run, you whoop it up. You go nuts. You don't sit back in your seat and you watch. He hit it out of the park. You go nuts. Keith Hernandez makes a stunning play at first. In Rebbe's school, they teach you to say old players to make believe you don't know the present. It's an old trick. So that's, that's what they teach you. So Keith Hernandez at first base makes a crazy play. Ray Ordonez, and that goes back to 86. Crazy play at shortstop. So you go crazy. You don't sit back silently and watch. Yes, I could have said today's players, but okay, fine. So the bottom line is, Daniel, is that every time a Godel said a geschmack of earth, us Harrys go crazy. Woo! He started cheering. He said something geschmack. Well, not the time. They just, he said something fired up, so we start cheering. I'm just telling you the story. So I'm like whistling, shouting. He said something good. The Skelena Rebel like nailed it ahead of the park. So. And this, I kid you not, so you have 15,000 Harrys. We did not have 50,000, but we got a lot of noise. Listen to what we did. 15,000 of us, the Skelena Rebbe said, And I'm like, woo! And then all the chsidim and the, and, the, and the yeshivish all together, it was the coolest thing. You hear a deep, like this deep, like to their world, you wild, and loudly 35,000 people say, like a deep, bellowing shot. It was gorgeous. So each good vert, we made so much noise. We got our cheering, their shahs. It was all part of like the excitement. I held, there was so much to learn. Our cheering, they better learn from a little excitement. Yiddishkeit needs, trust me, all 50,000 people need the Harriest cheering, I promise you. So us guys were screaming and yelling, it was gewaldig. The Shah was such a lesson in respect. That's how God will speak. That was very important. We learned respect, <laughs> dignity, organization. It's very, very funny to me to see my Shahs. I went to see Mashas three ago, two ago, and the last one. Three ago, there wasn't a song sung. Nobody did. It's, uh, it's not true. It's, they, had, they had a choir, but the crowd didn't move. The crowd didn't move. This one with dancing and singing, the stadium erupted. The best part was we, everybody waited for the singing and dancing. So we're getting there. The Harrys are doing their part. The Shires are doing... And both things, the, the Harrys got the dancing. The Shah has some structure. You know, it has to, so there's some boring speeches. We need that too. There needs to be every part. There needs to be every part. It's funny, we have Siyum at the end of the year. We weren't Zeicher the last year to have the typical, from, from Pesach to the end of the year, nightly, there'll be Siyum on Kedushim, Besiyat We'll have different Siyum in Malkot Vigi Ben and each Siyum's like a celebration. Yonatan's going to make up a new rap <coughs> nightly. Beautiful raps. There'll be videos, things... Things, Manny, I remember Manny Knightley. Maishi's going to do videos. and it's, it's Music night only imitates a Siam. Music night's like a miniature. When we, all the music nights are just practice for the Siamim. Then you're going to have all madness breaks loose. Any talent you have, you whip it out for the Siamim. So the Siamim always has two parts. You have the sing, and then we, I give like a boring speech to start because it has to have structure. 
that's for the chesedim and the litvish structures. It has to have a certain surah, it's called. And then you have to fill it with chaymer. It's got to be exciting. So everybody has to learn. Everybody has what to contribute. But I always think about the two, the Harry's cheering with the guttural, Shah, Shah. And the Chassidish guy right near me was giving me the shot. Then we hugged. We were the best friends. I was the Harry. He was the, he was the perfect Chassid. I was the perfect Harry. We were Givaldic together. I cheered. He shed. And my boys say, that's what happens every morning. There's a group of angels that say, The whole world, that's the place of the honor of Hashem. They sit there and they say, The human being who has so many choices, What an honor you bring to Hashem, Yonatan. And then angels protest. The Oifanim, the Sakhaidesh, these celestial beings. So I read Arts Girl. These angels, Birash Godo, with great noise, they say, opposite the other angels, they say, Shah. What's their protest? They say it's inappropriate, Yonatan. You say the whole world's full of honor of Hashem. Baruch Kivayd Hashem in Kaimai. Hashem's honor is from his own space. He doesn't need us. They protest because the first angels say, What a kid, Shemayim. What a glorification of Hashem. Sincere people who have so much history, have so many challenges, have so many difficulties serving Hashem. What a glorification of Hashem. To which the other angels said, Chill out. Baruch Kvayr Hashem im Kaimai. Hashem's honor is intrinsic. It's intrinsic! He doesn't need the human being. Hashem's honor. It's dangerous to say. It's a very wild thing, Yanatan. We are Mekad Hashem Shemayim. Hashem like needs me. But it's true. Hashem decreed it that way. He decreed it that a human being brings great honor to his name. And he decreed it's important and it's very, it's to be celebrated. But you also have to protest. And you have to say, Baruch Hashem I have to admit that Hashem's honor. So it's like funny. You need the Harry's cheering and you need the Shah. And every morning we describe the angels who had this like fight. The angels who say, What a beautiful world of honor of Hashem's name. And the other angels who protest and they say, Baruch Hashem Hashem's honor is is. is, is is intrinsic, it's automatic, he doesn't need the human. Yonatan, I want to say something. I've never said this publicly before, but I want to say this. Please listen. Till here I've said before, everything I said till now is a Right now I'm going to say a kalish. till here. I want to say something that I think. It's fascinating to me that before the human being says his Shema Yisrael, his Kabbalah Shomal So we describe the angels who say how important every Yid's Kabbalah Shomal Shemayim is, and then we describe the angels who protest. And what I want to say is that within those two jobs of the angels, I see that there are many jobs in the world. It's interesting that there are angels who are meant to say, look at the human being, wow. And other angels say, Shah, Hashem's honor doesn't need a human being. And we need both those angels. And I want to say that gives me so much chizuk. When I'm about to do my job, I may look around the room and say, okay, human being's important, but there are a lot of other human beings. And I want to say that every single person, Shema Yisrael, is precious. 
I want to say that we lost two soldiers over this last period. In this yeshiva, we had two daggers. We lost Yoni and Danny Weiselberg, two brothers that we lost. I can't talk about it for a long time because I don't want to. I don't want to right now to go there. I don't want to. We'll have. We'll have a time to go there. But I want to say that each person is so valuable and precious. Everybody with their challenges, everybody with who they are has a unique mission that no matter how gorgeous the other person's mission, but it needs your Shema's throne. And I always think that the two angels, that there's a group of angels that are saying that their job is to say and fascinatingly, there are angels that say the exact opposite. And both are imperative for the beautiful song. Both are necessary. The angels who admire the human being service of Hashem say, wow, what an honor. And the angels that say, shah. It empowers me to realize that there are people with different jobs. Different jobs. And sometimes you're so different. The guy who sees the masmid, he's learning, he seems to plug in all day and by me to learn... His job might be the same, you might be a Baruch Kavayda Hashem Im Kaimai type of guy. Everybody has unique jobs and unique ways of being Mekadashem Shamaim. We're not built the same, we don't have the same essence, but each person's necessary and they might even look contradictory. The Harrys and the Chassidim look different but, and they're doing such different things. One guy is screaming and yelling and one guy's a guttural shah. And both make the perfect symphony of excitement, mix gilui birada, rejoicing in fear. Excitement with structure, with trepidation. They're both necessary. So Yonatan, I think it empowers our own Shema Yisrael, Rabbi say, Our own saying Shema Yisrael, that each person is important. I want to say, Rabbi say, this is not like a light stuff, a pat on the back, I count and important. It's a question if somebody lives in reality. We are holding today, this, we're holding today on this Wednesday, this Shabbos Kodesh might say Shabbos, we're going to start Slichos. The next week is Rosh Hashanah. Yoim Adin certainly elicits pachad, this judgment, that's a reality, judgment on the year. Besides being the reality, which is a big fear, there's also the sense that I count and I'm important. Din is so fascinating that I'm judged. It says that it's significant, my actions. There's a tremendous gaiva to din. I'm judged, says my actions are significant. To be a yid takes a gaiva. It's a gaiva that counts what I do. It matters, I'm significant, my actions are significant. There's a gaiva to it. This reality that the angels are nishtaymim, they're awed by our world. And they say about all of us that our Shema Yisrael, however meager the attempt is, however difficult it is to focus and to say it with any feeling, with any power, but the fact that we say Shema Yisrael counts significantly. That's a reality, my friends. It's a reality that we have to ingrain in ourselves. We have to know it's true. That a Yid's Shema Yisrael counts. A Yid's sincerity. A Yid's decisions count. A Yid's action, alone and quiet somewhere, are extremely important. And the Yid who does something for the right reasons, it matters tremendously, tremendously. And that's, that's what I wanted to study today.
I want the guys to know what's being said here. I'm not going to go at length right now because it's really time for English and Second Seder. I'll say briefly that if you notice, we say loudly, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekin Hashem Echad, and then we whisper, Baruch Shem, The whisper, what's the whisper, Baruch Shem? You can't imagine how many rich things are going on in prayers. We're like doing different things because my Rebbe told me to do it. It's very nice when I was in first grade. And you're right. We say Shema out loud and we whisper. Why do we whisper, Baruch Shem? Yonatan, you ever wondered that? What's with the whisper? Baruch Shem. What are you whispering for? Baruch Shem! No, no. The reason we whisper, the Gemara is the Kashua. So it's a cryptic Gemara. I'll tell you what the Gemara says. The Gemara says that Yaakov Avinu did not say Baruch Shem. I'm sorry, Yaakov Avinu said Baruch Shem. When Yaakov Avinu was dying, he was worried that his sons weren't loyal to Hashem because he forgot when the Geula was. And he asked his sons, are you loyal to Hashem? And they all said, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeinu, Hashem Echad. Shema Yisrael, here Tati Yisrael. Here Yaakov Avinu. Hashem Lekeinu, Hashem Echad. He was so excited that they were all loyalists to Hashem. He said, Baruch Shem. Baruch Shem means there should be an expansion of Kvayin Shemaim. It should just keep going, wow. Baruch Shem was his response to seeing the loyalty of his children. When I see Mayor Davin with his tefillin, I always feel like saying, Baruch Shem, keep it going. It's beautiful. When you see loyalty to Hashem, you pray for an expansion of Kvayin Shemaim. Keep it going, Hashem. Baruch Shem, Kvayin Machsoy. So the brother said, Shema Yisrael. Yaakov was moved and he said, Baruch Shem, Kvayin Machsoy, Lamed. Yaakov Avinu said, Baruch Shem. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say it. Should we say it shouldn't? Let's whisper it. That's cryptic, guys. What is going on? Yaakov said it. Moshe didn't. We whisper it. Huh? Explain. The Pshat Rabbi Sar, Reb Chaim the Gra's biggest Talmud, Reb Chaim Velazhin. Reb Chaim Velazhin says that the whispered Baruch Shem is what we just explained. Shema Yisrael is the Yid serving Hashem. Now Baruch Shem is like the angels who say, wow. But are you allowed to say wow? Remember one group of angels says wow. And once they say, Wow means what an honor to Hashem, Yonatan, that people are serving him. But what do the other angels protest, Yonatan? That his honor is intrinsic. If you see, visualize, Yonatan, picture a Rebbe and a Bachar being very loyal to the Rebbe. You say, well, look at that Rebbe. That guy really, like, is a loyal Talmud. Well, the guy said, that's not his greatness because the Talmud's loyal. It's intrinsic. He doesn't need that the Talmud's sitting there. When we say Hashem's honor is amazing, people are serving him, there's other angels that say he doesn't need that for his honor. If nobody's around, he's the Melech, he's the creator of all. So there's like two aspects. It's amazing we serve Hashem, but you have to be sensitive that his honor is intrinsic. So we whisper, that's the whisper, Yosef. It's amazing we're serving him. It's one of the great secrets of the world. It's mind-blowing that a human being service of Hashem is so significant. You're not allowed to say it out loud. It's, it's controversial to whisper. That's what Chaim Velashen explains. Our whispered Baruch Shem. That's the balance between the angels saying, It's such an honor to Hashem's name. To other angels, Shah! 
His honor is intrinsic. Baruch Kvayda Shemim Kaimai. Shem's honor is in its place. It doesn't need us. What do we do? We say Shema. Then we're so moved by the honor to Hashem. But I want to just close to every guy here a reality, a reality. I'm not saying you feel this reality or I feel this reality. I am fully masking Yosef and Azariah that it's a struggle. It's a struggle to live this reality. I'm just telling you what a reality is. A reality is that our service, mine and yours, matters a lot. Matters a lot. That's a reality. Why? Because God said so and designed the world that it matters a lot. Our being Mekadashim Shemayim is extremely significant. It's just true. It's hard to feel that at times. When a Bacha is sitting somewhere and he's tempted by something, the voice in his head says, who cares? And the reality is the entire upper worlds, there are hundreds of millions of angels are all watching you. That's a reality. The guys know that I want to make a movie of this world. I want to make a movie of this world. One day I'm going to do it. I'm going to produce a movie. And you're going to see different scenes. It's going to be different colors, things we perceive and reality. It's going to be one of the funniest. You're going to laugh your head off and cry your brains out. Because it's the reality of what's happening. You know, a baseball player smacks it out of the park and 50,000 people go crazy. So we have a visual that's really important. A guy hits a big jumper and millions of people go nuts. So it tells us something. It's very funny today. A guy hits it out of the park and there's like no crowd going crazy. It doesn't feel, it feels like a preseason game. It doesn't feel so important. So the, the players jump up and down. It looks like the DBL. The DBL has much more intensity today, like the NBA Finals, when the crowd is going nuts. So it looks like this is, this is big stuff. It's a picture of bigness. We give a mirage, this is big. When a guy does a mitzvah, I don't care, he's alone somewhere, and he has a question, should I or shouldn't I? There are tens of millions of beings that are anxiously waiting. All his earlier generations who ever lived are waiting with abated breath. They all celebrate, they're all rewarded. They're parties and eternity from that action. I'm not telling you we always feel this way. I'm just telling you the reality. And the reality that angels are exposed to. That yid over there who thinks like, does it matter? That's where Kiddush takes place. That's where all what we're doing is only, is only like nothing. Kedosh, 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 But there's where it's all happening. That Yid with choice. That Yid who doesn't feel that it's so important. That Yid who has all these difficulties and he makes the decision of loyalty. Wow. That's where it all happens. That's where this world is like. That's where the most precious thing on this earth exists. And this is our job to live with that reality. Again, this is not light stuff, and it's not stuff that we just, we have to review it because it's true, because it's true. And Hashem designed the world that a person's actions matter, and the loyalty that there's a mitzvah, it's the most wild mitzvah in the Torah, to be Mekadashem Shemai Menekdashti B'Sayich B'nei Yisrael, it's vild. Sanctify Hashem's name, that it matters. It's wild, we whisper it, because it's so haughty to say it. Baruch Shein Kvaymach is one of the hoariest things we say all day. It's so cool that I'm being Mekad Hashem Shemayim. We whisper it. You're not allowed to say it out loud. The protest, because it's too, and the only reason we say it, it is true. What can I do? It's true.
it's true. And it's true because Hashem said it's true. My bracha to us all is that we all should be capable of living reality, of living that which is true, because it's a good life to live the truth, and we should all be able to tap into this truth that our actions are significant and matter. Let's get to second Seder. Second Seder is now, the V.E. is now, the English program is now. For the 13th graders who want to catch up, could meet me on the other side. If they want to catch up. Let's go to the other side because the panel is meeting here. I'll explain. The angelic debate.